Cincy Hello and welcome to episode 64 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast. I I don't know what to say really, we're 0-10 with this close and I am doing that thing with my fingers, yes, this close to being the worst Bengals team in history. How about that? Thanks a lot for listening and good night. Um, There's lots to talk about. We lost last night 17-10 to the Oakland Raiders. Uh, Another loss. Nathan, step in please. How you doing, Paul? Good evening. I thought you started tonight with some real vigour in that voice. I know, I know. Obviously, times are hard here at Cincinnati, and, and for the, for our loyal <laughs> fan base. But I thought you started strong tonight, son. So let's start with that as a positive. Yes, absolutely. I, th- I like to think my manner and my voice encapsulates uh, the oh. encapsulates rather the the Bengals season starts off. <laughs> well, no, it doesn't even start off strong, does it? We really? started off well against Seattle. That's we, true. That's it? true. How are you, Nathan? I'm not too bad. Yeah, good, good day today. I'm feeling feeling fairly well. I had a nice roast yesterday. Quah. Did you? Oh, beautiful roast, mate. Yeah, yeah. What do, what's your roast? Because you're vegetarian. Yeah. What what does a roast mean for you? If a rampant. Do you know what I love on a roast? Meat do you know what I love a roast? Right, loads what? of mint sauce. Do you? Oh, mint sauce gets me going. Yeah, and I've just got round to liking horseradish. I never really used to be a horseradish type of guy. But what what do you, but mint sauce is traditionally with lamb. You just bang it all over this, all over the potatoes, over the really over the broccoli. Dirty oh, mate, I love it. <laughs> I love it, mate. Mint I love sauce it on, on potatoes, on carrots. I eat pretty much anything like parsnips. Love parsnips. But what do you have as your centerpiece? Whatever of the, the pubs are meal? doing in terms of nut roast, they're banging them out. I'll eat them. Do you know what I mean? I'm and not really slather them about in it. mint sauce. Do, do you know, like, and I don't want to get this into vegetarian cooking because it's an NFL podcast. But like <laughs> corn roast. Actually, I think some. Before. Some listeners would be actually uh, thank you for diverting yeah. them from the football, I think. The corn roast is this fake slab of turkey and it's banging, mate. You, a couple of my mates with me eaters, they're like, this is, this is better than turkey. A bit more, you know, turkey can be a bit dry at yeah, times. Yeah, yeah. A bit juicier. Well, there you go. <laughs> I don't know where to go from there. Next, Tune in next week, listeners, to Nathan's recipe mate, for... Oh, oh, I love a roast. We should we should have like a podcast where me and you eat some food. Fake pig, just like really like gobbling down food while we're eating, like we're pigs. <laughs> <laughs> I, honestly, that does not sound like the best podcast in the world, really. Um, okay, well let's bring it back. Let's 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 so keep back. it tight. Um, so it was tight, wasn't it yesterday? Well, yeah, yeah, ish. When we first come out and we got the turnover and stuff, I was thinking, oh, you know what I mean? Like, What are you thinking? Oh, I think like. <laughs> and then you know, Joe Mixon goes down and he scores and you think, oh, we're 7-0 up on the road, yeah. playing quite well. The, yeah. the defence yesterday stepped up. You know, there was a pass rush for a change, which was nice. Hmm. Gino Atkins and Dunlap looked like they were there to play. And you thought, oh, like I said, oh. But like... <laughs> The problem yesterday was Ryan Finley had a shocker. Yeah, he really like. I think he went regressed from his performance a week ago. He, and he, that was that was from uh, Brian Callahan coming out saying he expects him to take a big jump in game two. Yeah, yeah not necessarily yeah. backwards though. Yeah. I, didn't, I don't <laughs> yeah, think he yeah, meant yeah. backwards. Um, okay, well we're gonna sort of you know we like to play games on this podcast. And I think we're gonna do not necessarily a game, but just a way to package our opinions rather than just spout off willy nilly. Um, so last uh, we we played the Bengals wheel of misfortune before. I think uh, we're going to go the good, the bad, and the ugly from from the game. I think. Uh, so let's start off with with the good. What was good? Name one thing that was good. for D line. 
I thought played well. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesse Bates two weeks. No, 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 just one. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, <laughs> play the game, will you? All right, so we're going good, good bad. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah, going to yeah. do it. Again, go round in a circle. Yes, we are. Oh, yeah. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I like Until that. we can't think of anything more. All right, Should be quite a short game. Yeah. There's not that much good. <laughs> Um, so what are you saying for Goo? So I just get to say one, and then you, we haven't yeah, got the rules for this game. I know, yeah. This is shocking planning from me and Nathan. <laughs> no, explain why the D line then. Well, the D line. I mean, on paper, and I, they were saying on the broadcast about Luana Rumu saying, you know, this is strength of the defence, and it bloody well should be. Well, it hasn't been. I though. mean, you've got no, it hasn't been. But you've got, you know, the name wise, everyone raves about Sam Hubbard. I really like Sam Hubbard. I think he's got the real potential to be the like, the sort of voice of that locker room and a leader in that locker room mm. over the next sort of five, seven years. Gino Atkins, obviously, you know, don't need to explain that. And then you've got Carlos Dunlap and people, you know, Andrew Billings is a handy player. And be it because the linebackers are so poor or be it because, you know, the secondary hasn't played that well, the line just hasn't got pressure this year. And I think for them to step up and play well yesterday is exciting because they did it against Seattle, they did it last night. Frustrating as to why it's not more consistent, but at least mm. last night, you know, that was a positive for me. Josh Tupu was excellent. Yeah, he forced in that turnover. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I'm going to go with Joe Mixon for good. There's no denying he had a good game. Yeah, he played well last And that night. touchdown was fantastic. Yeah. And um, the way they kept giving the ball uh, on these sort of sweeps to the outside, they've obviously figured out a way to get him some space and use his yeah. kind of acceleration and strength. And um, Two weeks in a row now, it's looked better, isn't it? Yeah, much better. And I think there's... We'll probably get on to other aspects of the offensive line, but they did do. They have been doing a better job, I think, opening some lanes up. And uh, question: Mixon's been taking advantage of that, and that touchdown yesterday was really fantastic. Oh, yeah, the way absolutely. he improvised and kind of it not just extended the play, but made it into a, a scoring play. That that was just a fantastic play. So definitely, I mean, the fact. I mean, he only got fifteen carries though. You would have liked him to have got at least five more. Mm in that game uh, and I think Zach Taylor came out and said look they were starting to load the box so we had to kind of mix it up with a pass a little bit in the second half but I would have liked to have seen a lot more sort of stronger commitment to the run throughout the second half actually because that you know we were only a touchdown down mm. uh, I honestly thought we had a really good chance of winning that game yeah, so yeah. going into half time I thought hello this is oh hello oh yeah this could be you know uh, but we didn't, so what's the point? Just a quick question on that. Do you think that, because obviously Ryan Finley's more mobile than Dalton and he can run, Yeah. do you think defences are perhaps, because with Dalton they're pretty sure he's not going to, Yeah. do you think that opens some lanes up a little bit because people have to sort of you know give the Finley a bit it's more a respect? It's a good question, I think. Um, ultimately, no. <laughs> but let's go on to the bad, because I'm sure Ryan Finley's going to be in another category at yeah. some point. Go on, a bad you Randy just, Bullock's missed field goal. I thought you might. Do you know what the problem with that missed field goal was? It's not ugly because he did. You know, he made a couple of kicks in the game, so it's fair enough. But the fifty-three yarder, the first one when Gruden called the timeout, it was short. Yeah, you can't be not kicking short from fifty-three yards. There's no particular elements yesterday. You can't be short from 53. I think he knew he was short and he was like, shit. Yeah. And then for the next one, he just tried to overcompensate and he banged just it miles it. wide. Yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, to me, I, I, I can't criticise Bullock too much. You know, I, I've been very sort of critical in the past. But he's been pretty good mm. in terms of inside 50 yards. He's been pretty accurate. He's been pretty steady. 
But I just think that, you know, when you're missing, when you can't physically kick from 50 or, you know, you, it's like, you know, it's a bit of a tough one. I'm not saying we cut him tomorrow, but no. that was that was my bad. The weird thing with Randy is, of course, he's actually very, very, uh, very, um, what's the word, uh, reliable, you know, inside of 50 yards pretty yeah, much. Yeah. But it's like, is this what's going to happen now? We drive into, we did it a couple of times yesterday. We drove into Oakland territory. We've done it throughout this season. Drove into uh, opponents' territory, and then either not trusted Randy with it, with a fifty odd yarder, and then punted, or gone for it on fourth down and not got it. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's a tricky one because people probably scream at us, no, it's not tricky at all because, you know, in this modern age, you need to have someone who's kicking from 55 yards. You There's know. a lot of bad kickers out there, though. But there? there are a lot of bad kickers out And again, it's like, is the grass greener? And, yeah, yeah. and especially with kickers, it might not be. No, I, I don't agree. know, it's a tricky one with Randy. I mean, again, very reliable within, you know, inside of 50 yards, but not not at all, not really. I mean, that second field goal attempt yeah, was just, yeah. oh, Goodness me, Jay, you, you you had a good football background back in the day, so mm. I know you you, you mm. had a, you had an esteemed career back in a the very day. Very short career, but, yeah. but esteemed nonetheless. Do you reckon, like back in the day when Paul Irons was banging around his early twenties? Yeah, do you reckon you could have been kicking from like 30, 35? Yeah, accurately, you reckon? I don't know, Mac. I mean, give me like you know maybe three months of solid yeah, practice. Of course. Yeah, yeah. I reckon I'd give it a go because it's interesting technique, and you've got to get. I know it sounds silly, but like if you just stand over there with like a kick place thing and you kick it. You forget you've got linemen that are six seven with their arms up, so you've got to get it up. Well, it's quickly. it's a chippy sort of. You've got to get underneath it, haven't you? And yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't mind giving it a go. Actually, we should do it. We should I, go. I think over, I, we should go over Hampstead Eve over to Rugby Post. Yes, all right. And see what we got. Well, I do. Well, I tell it. I tell you what. I do want to do for next combine. I think we had to do some drills, and maybe kicking is one of them. Mm, I'll be up down for that. Hampstead Heath. Practice, though, don't we? Forty yard dash. Me and you. <laughs> Nine point six seconds in lycra <laughs> leotards. Um, okay, uh, my bad. I'm going to go with Ryan Finley. Ryan Finley. Um, he was, I mean, what? 13 of 31 for 157 oh, yards. I think it was like something like 3.2 yards per attempt. Uh, I'd, you asked you asked about whether his his uh, his mobility would make defences think again. I don't think so because they're quite happy to keep him in the pocket and dare him to pass because yeah, yeah. he's not hitting it. Aside from that uh, pass to Warden Tate. He's not hitting anything. That's a good throw, that. Very good throw, nice catch, and we all know what happened next. And thankfully, it seems as though he's okay, although we haven't heard any official line. But he was in a neck brace. I mean, it looked horrific, didn't it? Yeah, really awkward one. When it first happened, I was like, it didn't look too bad. Because he sort of looked like he was going to try it out. But then you saw it on a replay, and his neck really gets put into a pretty unsavoury position, doesn't it? Yeah. But Ryan yesterday, he really struggled, I think. Struggled with accuracy more than anything. And that's something that um, I kind of expected to be better from him. You know that kind of accuracy thing because yeah, yeah, yeah. that's one thing that he was touted to being a very accurate quarterback, and he really wasn't yesterday. I don't think, and his touch on some of those sort of screens and short passes was really, really not great at all. Um, his decision making. I'm not going to blame him for that uh, sack fumble. I'm not because he's blindsided. Blindsided. A guy came in at 100 miles an hour and. You know, 
I think it's unfair to blame him for that at all. But um, yeah, it's an interesting one. I, I still think it's like maybe. I mean, it didn't look great yesterday at all. Uh, and then, you know, teams are now daring him to throw it because they know he's kind of a bit all over the place. So um, I don't know. I, you hope he improves as time and experience goes by. Um, but at what point do you bring Jake Dolgala in for a bit of a bit of a look as well? Yeah. Um, you know, people are screaming for Andy Dalton to come back. But what's your take on that? Well, if you're if you're Zach Taylor or you're the ownership, what are you? Doing well, I I, th- I think he benched Dalton a little bit too early. That that's my overall. I'm I'm fine with the concept of benching Dalton to, just to see what you've got in Finley, but I would have given him sort of four games instead of uh, eight. I think eight is an, a real luxury actually. Yeah, yeah. But um, you can't bring Dalton back now. I really, yeah. I mean, I don't know how you... For what purpose, yeah. I mean. Yeah, exactly. It's for what purpose? To win games, yes, fine. Um, but you, now you've made that, that move, you might as well stick with Finley to see if he improves, you know? I mean, there is a real chance that we're going to go home 16 this season. Um, don't know. It's a tricky one. I don't. I don't see how Dalton comes back from this. No, full not. Stop. Well, I mean, he just because mentally, I think yeah, he's sh- yeah. he's kind of shot both on the field and you know his confidence is probably destroyed now. So he's probably itching to get out of Cincinnati. Well, he almost came. I mean, Ryan Finley just before he nailed that beautiful pass to Alden Tate was struggling with uh, it looked like his foot or something, and Dalton was warming up on the side. Yeah, line. that's right. So yeah, yeah, it'd be interesting with the you know the protection that Finley's getting at the moment if he's going to make it <laughs> to the, the season. To be fair, to yeah, you. yeah. Okay, let's go ugly. I, I this is an interesting one. I, you've gone Finley with bad. I, I, I give some serious sympathy to Ryan Finley. I think a fourth round rookie making his second start on the road in in Oakland, or a competitive team at the moment, playoff contender. He's got a, a bad offensive line, we know, but I really think the thing that's underrated at the moment, which doesn't help him in any way, shape, or form, is he's got absolutely nothing really in terms of speed and weapons. No, I agree. I agree. I just think that if you're a defence now, you can sit there and be like, you know what? We know you're not going to be able to do us over the top. And they, the Bengals didn't even really try yesterday. I mean, no. he's, he's literally throwing to Damian Willis, Alex Eriksson, who he's trying to force these passes to Eriksson. Who's got, I mean, Eriksson's got good hands and he's mm. when he's got the ball in his hands, he's quite nifty, but he's not quick. He's not like an out, outside the he's numbers, not, down the no, sideline sort of guy, guy. He, you, you know, Alden Tate, bless you, I love Alden Tate, but again, he's not a speedster. He's a go up and win a, yeah. win a catch yeah. or out-muscle yeah. someone. And I just feel even Tyler Boyd's more of a slot receiver. He's mm. more of your guy across the middle, a bit like Hushman Zada style. That's not going to beat you deep. It's got good hands, mm. and you know he's going to win those battles um, across the middle. And I feel bad. You know he's a, he's a fourth rounder. We're all looking at him to come in and be slinging these balls around. But who too? Mm. And against you know these cornerbacks are quick guys, are good players. So he, he's not, and he's got no time really. Mm. I mean mm. he's, he's got, he got sacked five times yesterday. I just think from an environment to give someone to succeed, it's it's so hostile. Yes. And I think we're probably asking too much. Everyone's saying, oh, bring Andy Dalton back and stuff. It's like Dalton was struggling nearly as badly as Finley. And I mean, yeah, I feel bad. I don't know what you're expecting to see from yeah, Finley. I, think I really it. don't know. Yeah. Uh, so what 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 is your ugly pick? It's the wide receiver Even yesterday, Gio Bernard, like dropping that pass. Yeah, it was a shame. Key third it? down. Like he had a good couple of yards before, you know, yeah, yeah. just a clean drop, just not helping his guy out. Mm. Um, 
I'm going to go for the drive just before we spoke about Bulock's uh, terrible miss. I'm going to go for the drive that led up to that uh, terrible miss. Oh, uh, yeah, yes, 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 there, yes We're driving yes, downfield, yes. and we had a relatively good uh, kind of, you know, time of it moving the ball throughout that half, actually. Some nice runs. Um, and, and then we got to that last drive. That well, it was just over a minute on the clock, I believe. We got down into... I think it was Finley had a fantastic run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But his shoe came off, <laughs> and they just couldn't. They wasted so much time like not get, clocking it. If, yeah, if yeah. it was if it was me, I would have left that boot back on the thirty yard line, just ran, ran down, down spiked. spiked it. Would have been third down though if you'd spiked it. Don't matter. Yeah. And then, then they got a penalty that pushed them yeah, back yeah. outside of field goal range. And a ten and then, second runoff. A ten second runoff. Yeah. And then they just managed to scrape it. That was just—it was almost comical yeah, yeah, how yeah. bad that was. And then, of course, it ended. Uh, you know, um, <laughs> it ended with Randy's terrible miss. You know. Um, yeah, uh, so that's my ugly. Uh, let's go back to good. Another good thing, can you name? Because there were some good things going on yesterday, I think. Yeah, I'm just struggling. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> um, Jesse Bates. Okay. Two weeks in a row, two picks. Yeah. Very, very promising rookie season. Very, very disappointing first half of the season. And he's fought back. I mean, I think what it was, to be honest with Jesse Bates, is obviously me and you saw him at Wembley. Um, that, Yes. Um, at Saracen Stadium. We talked to him and we gave him a few tips and said, look, you know, I think especially... And his like, game has improved since. It has improved see. since we spoke to him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, I think we should take credit for I that, think, frankly. Well, we've got to take a bit of credit. I think we all, all the credit, frankly. But, um, we sorted his head out, basically. Yeah, because, I mean, you gave him a few words. I did. Time, I sat him down. So you, you, you gave him a few words. Like, because you've been in the game for a long time. Well, exactly. <laughs> a lot of experience. He listened to me. I think he did. I think he did. But... <laughs> He he needs to take a step forward. We desperately need young players on this team to emerge desperately yes. because we can't be so reliant on having another good draft. Then no one, you you've got to have some of these young guys that yes. have been drafted to come through. And I think two weeks in a row, hopefully that builds his confidence. You know, I know it sounds silly, but it's like when the defense got that interception, and I think it was Jay Morrison came out and said, you know, why are you if you're own nine team? You know, you're down mm. on the road, like trying to do that sort of yeah. uh, you know thing where everyone's going down to the end zone and celebrating. But you almost want the morale. You yes. want them to be excited. You want them to be pumped up. You want, I th- you know, I did think yesterday, mm. like, and this is almost chucking two goods in, but I thought there was more energy. Yeah. I did think, especially on the defensive side of the ball, they seemed a bit more well, passionate ama- and up for it. Well, it's it amazing. And- Once you make one or two plays. Exactly, 100%. It, it starts to generate this exactly. energy and confidence. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's a good one, Jesse Bates. A really good interception, actually, the way yeah. he stepped in front of He didn't Renfro. go down, he's gone. Exactly. If he hadn't fell down, really, he was I gone. Uh... He just jumped in front of him, but I think because he lunged forward so much, he went down and then he right, was down right. by contact. But I think if he just caught it in stride, he was gone. Hunter Renfro was killing us yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my next good is going to be tackling. Yeah, yeah. Much improved. Even Nick Vigil, even Nick Vigil with apart the tackling. Apart from the car touchdown run. Right yeah, now. he was. He was. He was absolutely. Well, yeah. Apart from that. And I think he got burned on the uh, Foster Moreau first touchdown as well. So apart from those two instances... No, the tackling was better, though. I agree much better. Jermaine Pratt was great. It's lots of tackle for loss. Well, not lots, but I haven't looked at the 
the the facts and figures, but there felt like a lot of tackles for losses, a lot of uh, tackles at the line of scrimmage, much better at setting in the edges. I know Jacob's got over a hundred yards, but I mean you take away that big what was the first play of the game, wasn't it? Yeah, they yeah. They got yeah. twenty or thirty yards. Yeah, up. yeah. Um, you know, I thought the tackling was really good yesterday, pretty much across the board, and it's been a long time since we've been able to say that. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. Good, well done. There we go. Um, your next bad. Um, I know it sounds really silly, but we lost. We should yeah. have won, and I think that that's you know there was we had enough there to win, and I just think there comes a point where you're losing these close games, and you're involved in battles, and you're coming out with a loss at the end of it and I just think from a morale standpoint I know we want to like almost as people out there saying oh we don't want to win a game we want Joe Burrow but I think it's it's going to be pretty from a morale standpoint not winning these games and just continuing mm. to lose I think it really puts a lot of pressure on Zach Taylor it mm. puts more and more pressure on the ownership and I think ultimately for the players you know it's devastating you go 0-16 and they go into the offseason. we didn't win a game last year mm, it's mm. going to take more than I mean Joe Burrow or whoever they get if they draft first or whatever you know it'll give them a lift but I think for a lot of those guys that's hard to come back from a season mm. like that you don't see teams tend to bat, bounce back from a season as bad as that to then go 10-6 and six, no that's know. true that's true um, okay have I done bad yet no I haven't uh, I'll go with, again, it's linked to Ryan Finley, that throw on fourth and four that effectively killed the game off. I know he threw an interception right at the end, but we were driving, we were going for it on fourth and four, and he decided to chuck it down the sideline, overthrew Damien Willis. Double coverage. Double coverage. And it's like, why could you not end... I think someone said, I'm, I'm right in saying that... Um, he had five different reads for that play. Yeah. And he chose the very low percentage one down the sideline. Again, that's perhaps an experience thing. You know, you've just got to make those four yards on a fourth down, really. Yeah. Uh, unless there's something like way wide open and, you know, don't chuck it into... into. I just That was a real head-scratching moment for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, ugly. Alden Tate's injury. Mm. A real shame. I think he's been a real, real bright spot this year, Alden Tate, on a... You know, a team with not many bright spots. And I think it's real hard. Like, you know, I thought it was a lovely touch, all the Bengals players coming out onto the field, seeing him off. And, like, you know, I think that was a really, from a team standpoint, that was a really nice, yeah. nice touch. And I think he, like you said earlier, he looks like he's, you know, hopefully going to be okay. Um, but yeah, that was uh, unfortunate. Especially after awful, such a good play. It? it was a good catch. The way he's, yeah, I mean? yeah, nice throw, good catch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, driving down the field. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. Tie the game up, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, I mean, he's, the way his neck kind of bent and oh goodness me well it's, I think with stuff like that you, you know the first thing you think of with those sort of dangerous neck back injuries is like Ryan Shazier yes you know, never yeah. played again yeah, since yeah, that yeah. You know, that didn't I remember the Shazier hit against Gio at the time didn't look too bad he just sort of made a tackle it was a bit awkward and then he you know that's it mm. you know probably will never play again absolutely um, I'm going to go for ugly the Play of the tackles, both John Jerry and Bobby Hart. Yeah. Um, I thought the interior offensive line did okay yesterday, actually. 
But, I mean, John Jarrett is getting burned pretty much every time on Max Crosby. You've got four sacks in that game. Four yeah, sacks. Outright. Four sacks. Yeah. And up to about the third quarter, I thought, I've not noticed Bobby Hart at all um, this game. And I kind of think that's a good thing, right? <laughs> there's no penalties. There's no. And then, of course, as soon as I thought that, Max Crosby just kind of waltzed over to his side and literally just went through. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and one thing. Uh, you know, untouched and sacked Finley. And one thing that I did notice on one particular play, again, it was uh, a, it was in the second half, and it was a sweep, another sweep to Mixon. And Hart just couldn't get off his block. Uh, Mixon was almost like kind of telling him to speed up, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. but Hart just couldn't get there. And I think this is half the problem. Unfortunately, those guys that tackle aren't. Athletic in, in you know in, John Jerry's not even a tackle, is he? He's I mean, a, no, you can't. Guard, I mean, I mean you can't. People are calling for why are we playing John? Because there's no one else. There's no yeah, one else. So yeah. you know, you can't be too critical of John Jerry himself because he's not. He's a backup, and he's a guard, and he's a guard. <laughs> so you know, they might as well chuck you in there. To be honest with you, <laughs> but I just noticed that one particular play by where Bobby Hart just could not, didn't have the speed or athleticism to. Get out to the outside, mm. and by the time Mixon slowed down, waiting for Bobby Hart to open to block the man he was supposed to block, yeah, just all play was dead. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, and you know, um, I want to know what's going on. So that you know, the the tackle play was atrocious. Interior, I thought it was all right. Yes, yesterday Hopkins again looked pretty good. Mm. Uh, Billy Price maybe starting to find a bit of form, which is great. Mm. John Miller. Not too bad. I haven't seen any grades. This is just everything that. Yeah, well, the, the um, run game's certainly improved, whether it's because of the interior offensive line or. Well, no, he's changed the reason. scheme, apparently. He's okay. changed the. You know, he's, he's gone from an outside zone scheme to. I'm not quite sure what he's gone. Where did I read it? But apparently they they have tinkered with it, okay. and it seems to have worked, yeah, yeah, which is yeah. great. You know, good for, good for them. That's good coaching. You just want to on that line going into next season. Yes. You need two players that you're confident you can keep, and I think Trey Hopkins is definitely one. Yeah, I would. I mean, he, we'll talk about this later on in the season who we yeah. want to keep and who you know because there's already been some really interesting articles and podcasts. You know, Paul Dana and uh, Jay have already gone through this who they would keep and wouldn't. And they've got some really interesting ideas. But, you know, you, certainly at this stage, I think, it, you know, you'd be utterly insane to let Trey Hopkins go. Yeah. It's a great story. He seems like an amazing guy all round, really interesting guy. I know that doesn't count for much, but as a mm. fan, that kind of is interesting, I think. Uh, and certainly his players merited an extension, I think. Yeah. He could be our centre for the next couple of three it's years. It's funny with him, he never was a centre. He was a guard, wasn't no, he? No, that's right. Undrafted free agent. Yeah, they've you know, moved so. him to centre. Um, so that's my ugly. Do you want to do one more round? No, I think we're good. I think that's we've exhausted the game. We wrung it out like a flannel. Okay, all right then. Um, one thing we should mention. Any? I'm trying to think what else is good. Yesterday, I I quite liked the way that they went to 21 personnel a few times and had two running backs on the field. Mm. Yeah, yeah, both Geo and. Mixon, mm. and that was kind of quite interesting. Gee, oh, if you Gio looks good when he gets the ball. Oh, there was one run. His speed was just yeah, unreal. Yeah, I, I just, I, I wish they'd give him more. I mean, I know Mixon's playing well at the moment, but it, I really would like to see Gio. Well, it's almost like it's almost like a, a Frank Lampard, Stephen Gerrard situation. Yeah, a lot of people <laughs> arguing they can't play together when yeah. they're both fantastic players, and 
But when they do play together, there's nothing particularly wrong with them. You've just got to know how to use them properly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I quite like the way they've been used in the past couple of games. You've yeah, got to get yeah. Gio more into into things, and you've got to give mixing the ball more, especially if your quarterback is struggling. Yeah. But in fact, both of your quarterbacks are struggling. To be fair. Yeah. Uh, w- one other good I would, uh, I think, deserves a mention was. Again, the special teams. Huber had a few beautiful punts last night. Brandon Wilson playing. Brandon Wilson, that yeah, one yeah. kick return that he looked absolutely Rapid, he, geezer. sensational. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, you know, he's a guy that gets you out of your seat. Yeah. And then I think he, he slammed uh, the punt returner, didn't he? He got downfield mm. so quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Again, um, it's a good example of a young player playing well, and that's desperately what we need. Yeah, he's come back from a lot say. of injuries. He's yeah, found yeah. a place on the team. Yeah. Uh, good for him as, as fans again we kind of like to see that really mm. and you never know Nathan he could be going to the Pro Bowl I hate this bet you made when I was away because it was Alden <laughs> Tate and Bobby Hart and now, now all of a sudden I've got to be like oh dear there's a real chance that we might be sitting here in what in January <laughs> in um, January of all months um, yeah in January in this, the sewing room as what we call the sewing room now is is pretty cold already pretty isn't, nippy, it? isn't it yeah uh, so you know, once we get our uh, the old meat and two vegetables out, <laughs> who knows oh, what dear. it's going to be like? Anyway, um, okay. So I think we've spoken about enough about the game. Quickly, Preston Brown. Yeah, and I think it's interesting, isn't it? Because I don't think anyone really saw that coming. I mean, at the end of the season, you might have said yeah, but. Surprising mid-season, and also surprising the defence looked a lot better yesterday. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think I really... Jordan Evans. Yeah. <laughs> he played a bit. Not that he played that well, but um, yeah. Let's tell you a quick story. There was a uh, during the the London game weekend, um, we organised a mass Who Day chant outside Wembley, and and it was absolutely fantastic. There was probably about. I don't know, maybe two, three hundred people there, and it was just insane. It was really amazing, and there was just a sea of faces and people, and you know, people were just coming up to me randomly, going, "All right, how's it going, Paul? Yeah, blah blah blah." I was like, "Yeah, who are you? I don't care." It's like, "Yeah," <laughs> and just people emerging from sea, and this guy just emerged from the sea of faces, and he just basically smiled, laughed at me, goes, "Yeah, Jordan Evans," <laughs> and then walked off more or less again, and I didn't. I'm sure I, we said more, than, but he was a Welsh guy, and thankfully he loved the Jordan <laughs> Evans nod uh, there, and he totally got it. It's totally, totally got the idea that Jordan Evans, Jordan Evans from sounds, sounds like you know Jordan Evans from Blestel Fistiniog or whatever it's called. Um, it deserves to be said in a Welsh accent. So uh, if you're out there, get in touch with us, uh, Welsh man, smiley Welsh man, who said Jordan Evans. Uh, please come up to me. Well, just get in touch on Twitter. I'd love to remember because, as I say, it was just such a mad like you want to take him out on a date? No, I just want to oh, acknowledge God. him. You and him at Pizza Express. Yes. Taste we can, card. Yeah. <laughs> Candle in the middle of the table. Yeah. Bottle yeah. of wine between you. A leak pizza. <laughs> uh, sorry for stereotype. But, yeah, do get in touch. Anyway, right. Um, yeah, Preston Brown. Yeah, I was surprised. Mm-hmm. I, he was such a nice guy when he when we met him mm, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I really think from a play standpoint, he's not been good enough. He's really been bad. And he was, year, I believe, he was the play caller on the defensive side of the ball. It's now changed over to Sean Williams. I think mm. the Bengals were a lot better on defence yesterday. I'm not attributing that to it not being Preston Brown. And you know, on paper now, that linebacking core is pretty or diabolical. But yeah, I mean, it, the the thing that I think 
difficult and we don't want to go into this in too much detail. It goes back to the sort of moves in the off season, a crazy decision to give him a three year extension deal. for three years. Crazy, yeah. isn't it? I just what warranted that? Because I, I don't just think we... I just guess they thought he had it in him to lose weight to become a much trimmer, more athletic yeah. sort of guy. And he was injured for most of last year, so they didn't quite see. Yeah, saw a couple of games, didn't they? Um, yeah. But yeah, it's why do you give someone a three-year deal off that though? Like, give him a one-year. Yeah, deal. you it's give it a one-year, prove it. Really, I doubt don't there you? was that much competition. I mean, you don't know. But I can't believe that based on his just, four games. Last and then year, you hear subsequently his attitude in training wasn't brilliant, which surprises me because yeah, yeah, yeah. he's a, he's a local guy and he. You know, he's a fun, upbeat guy. We had the pleasure of meeting him, and he yeah, was probably yeah. the best laugh out of everyone. You know, yeah, good energy, and yeah, and yeah. that really surprised me that he had sort of a bad sort of attitude. So, if that's the case, then you can't blame them really. But really, I mean, a lot of dead money there. Yeah, but I think, as you say, they played better yesterday. So if that yeah, yeah. if that's working, then that's that's fine. Well, yeah, yeah. we lost. So it's not working spectacularly, but it's working better yeah, than it was. Yeah, yeah. Another position to fill in free agency, I guess. Yeah, and you really do hope that they, well, they I do. I just think, it. again, we're not going to go to free agency already, but they've got to make some moves, haven't they? They've got to, mm. you know, they've got to hit. They've got to hit on some of these guys. I think the Bengals are never going to be a team that's going to pay top-tier money, and I think they're going to struggle to attract top-tier talent. Mm. But you've got to make some hits on some of these guys that are sort of, you know, middle of the pack free agents that you can get on fairly sort of competitive deals. Get them guys in and playing well. Exactly. Um, okay. Well, I've had enough talking about that. Um, I might put something in here, a bit of an interlude. I might not. It depends on how I'm feeling. Um, so we don't have a special guest this week, Nathan. Um, unfortunately, but we will have next week and going forward into the Christmas period. And watch out for our festive episode we've got plans for that we've got irons in fires and uh, ideas knocking about for that so that's something to look forward to because uh, because unbelievably what is it kind of week after next we're into december madness and then it's kind of the downward slope to to christmas seen all the christmas ads out there at the moment already mad isn't it pop a gun now isn't it oh we had that we're at my, at my office they had this um my office is based in like a conference centre where they have mm. all these events and they had the country living Christmas fair. Right. Every middle class to upper class woman, forty to eighty, yeah. walking around this and it was like it was like it was Christmas Day for five wow. days in a row. So I'm very much wrapped into it all now. But I um I don't know if I said this on the podcast. Have I have I told you about Dr. Beanie on the podcast before? I think so, no. So once upon a time, uh, I edited a magazine called Mary Beth's Beanbag World Monthly. Porno, was it? No, it wasn't a porno. <laughs> uh, Mary Beth would be horrified. Um, Mary Beth's not much of a porn star's name, though, is it really? Well, no. Do. I don't know. Anything's a porn star name now, isn't it, really? Um <laughs> So, yeah, I edited this magazine, and it was all to do with these Beanie Babies, right? And it was a kid's magazine, oh, God. and I was known as Dr. Beanie. <laughs> and um, it was a mad thing. And we had a we – a, a, because it was so popular, we licensed this, America, this magazine from America but changed some of the content to be British and put a British front cover on and all the rest of it. And uh, – it was so popular in what the late nineties, I think it was, when it all you know all that kind of stuff was kicking off, 
uh, we did have or, or did put on a Beanie Baby convention at the convention centre where you work at. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, there were like queues round, round really? the block. We shipped the actual Mary Beth over from America. Um, we had the world's most expensive beanie <laughs> like under this glass case where you had to pay a fiver to go in and see it on top of the 25 quid to get into the thing. I had to do seminars on Beanie Babies, even though I didn't have a clue what I was talking about. <laughs> Mate, this is golden, this content for the podcast. And you know? uh, me and my flatmate who who did this, we did the magazine, we got paid, it was a freelance gig on top of our day job, so we used to do it together in uh, in like a couple of evenings a week or whenever the deadline was. And... Um, we used to just try and put as many uh, double entendres in the editor's letter. Double entendres? What yeah. does that mean? Like, like rude puns, you know what I mean? Uh, um, double entendres? <laughs> what, entendres. Entendres. What earth? What, where's that from? You've not heard of them before. That's you, like, you've, you, I reckon every week you like scribbling <laughs> down in your <laughs> no, hand. No, don't. Like, I'm seriously. What am I going to get in this, this listeners, week? Listeners know what double entendres. Entendres. Yeah. I guarantee at least half our listeners <laughs> Sound like some sort of Belgian drunk. <laughs> Mate, there's no way half our listeners know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> listeners, please tell me you know what double entendres are. That's outrageous. Anyway, anyway, the point to this story is that this is that because of my uh, status as Dr. Beanie, um, I used to get weirdly get invited to toy fairs Um and you know, you'd pick at that stage. I had loads of kind of god kids and little cousins with kids of a certain age. You know, like young kids. So just used to, oh, it used to be like Santa with his bulging sack, <laughs> and just come away with these fairs, just like with loads of free toys. But it's interesting because a lot of the the toy stuff and the food stuff they launch their Christmas. Uh, ranges mm. in like June and July, so yeah, you have yeah. to go along to these convention centres in the middle of summer, yeah, 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 and then you walk into this Christmas winter no, wonderland. Yeah, it's yeah, a madhouse. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's coming like I feel like this is coming a regular feature, and it's like Tales of Paul in the nineties. No, I could. I, it was you in Budapest Tales last by week. the fire. Now it's you as uh, Doctor Beanie. This Paul week. did this. What have we got one, next week? Well, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, well, no one wants to talk about football particularly, so... Well, I'm, uh, I'm enjoying these. I feel like we should like, light pull a up fire. A like, pull, up a, pull up a chair, pull light a fire. a glass of port. Exactly. Listen to and what let port. me tell you a story from the old days. <laughs> right, so uh, after that, tales from the tales unexpected. From the crypt. <laughs> yeah, from the crypt, <laughs> yeah. that's more like it. Um, uh, anything else you want to chat about? Getting right, I think you nailed it on the head last week. It's it's getting concerning about Green at this point. I mean, AJ six Green. Game, six games to go. Is he really going to play? I mean, at what point do you... I don't know, I'm, I'm, like I said last week, I don't want to point the fingers at AJ Green, but the geezer's been out of a sprained ankle for about f- three and a half months. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, do you know months. what? I wouldn't, wouldn't be surprised with anything that happens with AJ Green now. Do you think he'll play this season? Well, I kept saying yes, but I'm, you know, there's not many games left. You know, yeah. they I really should have put him on IR, but I guess they didn't really know how severe this injury is or was. Um, Bengals are in a tough spot as well because at a certain point, yeah. Because if, if and I'm not again, I'm not saying in any way this is the case. But if he's sort of a bit like I actually don't want to risk this ankle in any way, shape, or form because you know I want to look for the contract, I don't want to aggravate it or do anything. Is hmm. at what point can the Bengals could be like, well, we're paying you to play? Do you know what I mean? Like, 
come on. Mm. But then at that point, it's like, well, you're just going to tear the relationship with him down to the ground. So it puts them, yeah, that's there's the... no reason for them to need him to play. <clears throat> Unless they're hell-bent on winning two or three more games between now and the end of the season. It's almost yeah. like, well, we don't really need him to play. You know, we're going to pick first. We want to pick first. But, you know... It's to me. It's just. I mean, I, I said at the start of the year when he got injured, I was really concerned about that because I don't think a team as thin as ours with the you know mm. new coaching staff could go without him. And I just think we'd have two or three wins at least by now if he'd been healthy the whole season. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't. As I say, I wouldn't be surprised either way. But you hope he sticks with us, really. Mm. And last point. I know, obviously, you know, again, we don't want to go too into the draft, but a really unfortunate. Injury to to uh, Tago Viola. I think that's right. I've been yeah, working on my pro- pronunciation well, yeah. skills. I'm just still calling him Tua, to be honest with you. But that uh, brutal, wasn't it? Because I really thought there was not not a lot between him and Joe Burrow. If anything, I was probably leaning towards maybe him being you know the slightly younger, higher ceiling prospect. Just a brutal. I mean, you know, when someone does that, like I think it's a dislocation of the hip or something, and he's having surgery today. Same injury and... as Bo Jackson had, apparently. Yeah, yeah. It's just such a shame for a young mm. lad who. You know, had a very, very promising career. Still does, hopefully. But for the Bengals now, you know, in any team that's picking in that sort of one to five range, it very much sort of points you to Joe Burrow with perhaps Justin Herbert sort of, you know, peaking slightly. But it puts even more pressure. And, we, you know, we, we don't want to go into the tanking thing, but it puts even more pressure on what if you haven't got the first overall pick. I wonder if he'll go back to school next year. Who? Tua. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to kind of prove himself, because he ain't going to go, he's not going to go top 10 first round, you know, a stretch, really. Depends how bad his injuries are. Yeah, of course. Yeah, but even if he recovers and he does some workouts, teams will not want to pull that trigger on him so early. Yeah. But and so that might we you might get a scenario where he might fall like to us in the second round. Oh, look at you. Do you know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not, you know, it might happen. Yeah. Tricky, tricky business, though, isn't it? All right, let's get to our correspondence. Uh, we are at Today underscore UK on Twitter and uh, Bengals UK on Facebook. Ross, at Dalton to AJ. You might have to change that handle at some point, Ross. Say, yeah. uh, very frustrating now. I'm kind of stuck between the old win a few games or just lose every week. It's absolutely crushing to see us this bad but it's a very valid argument on the other side to get the number one pick. Joe Mixon deserves a shout-out, on the other hand, being excellent. Yeah, I agree. It is difficult because it goes against everything that I believe in. I think we yeah, both yeah, believe yeah. in in terms of sports. You want your teams to try to win. But, um, you know, it's, there's no harm in being excited for the possibility of drafting a new franchise quarterback for the next 10 years, you know. Yep, yep. Uh, that's exciting, I think. Very exciting, yeah, yeah. Okay, Alistair Legg at Derby's Bengal underscore Bengal. Uh, if a manager in English football had lost 10 straight games, even through rebuilding, he probably would have been sacked. How much time does that get as we seem to be getting worse? Will he be able to build his team in the draft? Will he ever recover from such a bad record? Tough one, isn't it? And I think we're starting to you're starting to get chirpers and everything and on mm. Twitter and various news sources now and people aren't particularly happy and of course, you know, your own ten, it's it's a tough situation. People are gonna be wanting wanting to point fingers. I think it's I think it's nothing has gone right this season. No. Uh, I think from injuries to silly things like the Cordy Glenn situation with stuff like that and you know, I think 
the coaching staff across the board is too inexperienced. Mm. I think Zach Taylor. <laughs> I think, I think he's not here. Is he? <laughs> That's Quill back again, listeners. That is a dominant meow, isn't it? I think Zach Taylor is a good guy. I think he could potentially be a good coach, but I just think he is working with, you know, a very inexperienced staff around him an abundance of injuries yeah. and in a very, very difficult spot, inheriting a team that hadn't won for two years. And I think at the moment you can move get on, move on from Dalton to Finley. You can go from Taylor to another head coach. You can go from Luan Arumu to another defensive coordinator. We need to have a real sit down in the off season and have a think. And I, and I think if you think Taylor's a guy, you stick with him, but there's yeah. so, so much across the board and it's not going to take one thing to fix this problem. No, I, I, you're absolutely 100% right. I, th- I think I think I would still stick with him for another year just because I want to see how he drafts in this coming off season. I want to yeah. see what moves he's made. He's been... He's ov- you know He's obviously put pressure on Duke in the front office to make some moves in their own sort of limited way you know you look at uh you look at what they did to Dalton you look at what they did to Preston Brown that was kind of unheard of really yeah yeah um so I want to see how how he how he has a crack at rebuilding this I think I think he deserves that chance because you're right he's inherited a bad team and everything has just gone wrong this year from injuries to contract situations to you know Insubordination, but then again, there are a few things I think that uh, he hasn't maybe helped himself with. But we'll see. I mean, I I want to give him as much chance as possible, really. Um, Do you think if we go zero and sixteen, Mike Brown will share the same thoughts as you, or the ownership will share the same? Oh yeah, thoughts? I don't think he'll get. Well, I'd be, think... I'd be surprised if he gets fired if we go zero and sixteen. As as crazy as that sounds, yeah, because of the reasons that I've just said. You know, he is inheriting. A team, a, a team that's lost two years in a row, um, catastrophic injuries. Um, Paul Dana Jr. actually made the point in one of his articles last week about the Preston Brown situation. Uh, it might be that you know this coaching staff was was assembled so hastily they didn't really have a chance to to kind of analyse what they had. Yeah. And now they kind of have, and now you might be seeing this is the start of, you know, the kind of domino effect and the start of, you know, a proper rebuild. So we'll see. I mean, but yeah, I I would give him a little bit more time. Okay. Okay, Duncan Donuts at Dastardly Duncan. Solid handle. I have a theory that we are tactically tanking. We bench our main QB eight games in, start cutting folks and giving younger, unproven guys a chance. To me, it says we're okay with whether we win or not. And to be honest, we're expecting to not. So we can nab that number one pick. What say you guys? I don't think there's any... I don't... This is weird. Now you're dividing tanking into subcategories like tactical tanking. I mean, it is... If you want to call it tanking, call it tanking. But, you know, there's you can't get tankier than benching your starting quarterback. I, I, don't, I, don't, think. Think, I don't think the Bengals are actively trying to lose. I just think they're... they're sort Evaluating. Of like, they're basically just like, we've got the luxury now <coughs> to do whatever we want and be a bit creative because we don't care. Not that they don't care if we win, but it's almost just like we see the value in exploring... <coughs> 
options as more so than us finishing two and fourteen or yeah, potentially because yeah, yeah. because they know the season's over. They right? they might to themselves that yeah there is a chance that Ryan Finley could have come in and can still come in and outperform Dalton. It's not yeah. a foregone conclusion that he's going to come in and be a complete you know completely awful. He could, let's so, put it this way: I th- he could solidify his role as a back as the backup next year. Yeah, and I think know. I think you know he could have also come in and played two blinders. So I think it's just them. You know, assessing it. I, the whole, no, I don't think anyone's actively trying to tank. It's, you know, certainly not eight games in. You're just thinking, right, that's it, we're going just to, you know, not win a game. I, I really don't think for the yeah. fans or the. I think, I think again, I think ta- the, the whole players, tanking concept is a fan driven thing. It is, absolutely, absolutely. No, um, no credible player or no. team owner, I think, is literally right. We want to lose. Yeah. Okay, Craig Mergenthal at Craig Mergenthal. I thought the team looked a little better yesterday. Defence seemed to be playing hard with a sense of urgency. Even the OL had their moments. The Finley fumble led to a very short field, but the defence limited Oakland to field goals during uh, some red zone trips. Bates had a pick. Yeah, all good stuff, Craig. I don't disagree with you there. Yep. Right, uh, Alex McQueen at Queenie underscore 1993. Can't bring myself to ask a Bengals question, so I'll go for some random ones. What's your favourite football film? Ooh. Man, I want to go full on hooligan and say Green Street. Oh, I knew you say you love fighting. What is it with you and fighting? <laughs> Green Street's classic, mate. It's a good film, that, in a funny sort of way. Like, like, what's his name? Elijah Wood in it. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good laugh, that. I'm going with... I mean, he, he might mean American football. Yeah, true, yeah. Um... I'm going to go, what was that Burt Reynolds one? That was good. Longest Yard was jokes. I used to think that was really funny. I just, I remember watching it when I was a teenager down the cinema. It's just, um, you know, when he gets, there's a couple of celebrities in him. I can't remember who. And he he, he goes in prison and assembles uh, an NFL team to take on the guards. Well, basically, that, that was a, what am I thinking about? It's the remake of the Burt Reynolds version from 1974. So the Adam Sandler version was a remake. Oh, right, okay. So we're cool. both going for that one, but different eras. There we go, there son. You okay. go. Yeah, yeah. But my favourite football football film is Escape to Victory. Oh, yes. Yeah, the P.O. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the most ridiculous film you've ever watched in your life. It tried to do. It tried to be a, the great escape, really. It assembled an all-star cast, including Michael Caine, Pele, Ozzy Ardiles, and uh, Sylvester Stallone. What a cast. In goal. And they were a bunch of POWs in a German prisoner of war camp who put together a prisoner football team, but at the same time staged an escape. And it was the worst, but also the best film ever. It is ridiculous. (laughs) Sylvester Stallone saving a penalty at the end of the game to beat the German national team. (laughs) What more do you want? Uh, Oh, yes. Number two, what sauce stroke side with a chippy tea? Gravy, curry sauce, mushy peas, etc. What are you going for? I do like. I've I've got into curry sauce in the last. Have you? Yeah, I never used to really like it, but I, I've got a bit into it recently. Yeah, yeah. By yourself, son. I like a. Uh, I do like a bit of tartar sauce. Oh yeah. Give me a bit of that. Do you know what I love? I love sauces. Reggae sauce. Yeah, do jerk you? sauce. Yeah, really spicy jerk sauce. Love it. Do you know what I saw? My mum bought. I've been obviously tearing and throwing my mum's uh, recently. And she bought some like Hellman's mayonnaise, but what like with mustard in? Oh, interesting! And they're doing mayonnaise, and they've got like truffle flavoured. Real, I don't know. I'm oh not yeah, oh, I'll have a bit of that. 
That sounds preposterous. I know. I'm not going to. I'm no people are going to middle class, mate. I know oh, people wow. are going to have I'll a right. I'll go at me for that. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'll go for. It's quite boring, really. Uh, I do like gravy. I used to I when. Love it. When uh, not on chips though, really. Yeah, it's amazing no, on chips. I'm, oh, I'm not a big fan of gravy on chips. It's amazing. Um, I'm hungry now. Oh, I'm starving, say, man. I'm not gonna lie. Oh, we're going down the pub afterwards. Um, Andrew Dockerell at Dockers seventy seven. Hello, Andrew. Uh, now we are officially eliminated in the playoff run. No, came, came just short for the no. Bengals. God, I think that's probably the the most gutting thing about oh, yesterday. No, eliminated from the playoffs. We had a chance to win it all this year. <laughs> Who are the six that make the playoffs in the AFC? Oh, I like it. Um, Patriots, Ravens. Hold on. So at the moment in the East, we've got Patriots. At nine and one, we'll be playing them soon. We'll give them a run for their money, I'm God, sure. Jesus, I'm absolutely terrified about that game. Actually, um, the Bills at seven and three. So you kind of think they would? I don't know. It sounds controversial because they're seven and three. I don't think they're that good. The Bills. No, they're not. But they're seven they're just, and three. They're just aren't winning, they? aren't they? Yeah. 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 AFC, AFC West uh, looks uh, interesting. The Chiefs at six and four. They play tonight, I believe. Uh, the Raiders at six and four. Chargers at four, they've been disappointing the Chargers, haven't they, this year? Yeah, Philip Rivers, I think, he's not got long left, has he? Yeah. Um, I didn't think the Raiders were all that yesterday. No, I didn't. I, d- I don't think they've really got... They're, they're playing well, and credit to John Gruden to get them to six and yeah, four. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And Mike Mayock, and they've got a few good young players on that team, but they, they are probably a few players away from being a real contender, yeah. I think. Uh, the Ravens at eight and two. Outrageous behaviour, isn't it? It's oh. outrageous. You see that again? That run that uh, Lamar yeah. did against the, the Texans. Yeah. They absolutely hammered the. See, that's the thing. It's not just us that yeah, they're hammering. They hammered the Texans yesterday. Yeah, they yeah. beat the Patriots quite easily. Yeah. Um, you Do you know, know they've got interested the number one graded line in football and I think that goes such a long yeah, way if yeah. you've got a good offensive line it just makes such a difference Marshall Yonder and co and they're, they're, they're rushing attacks easily the number one in the NFL yeah. as well so I think, they're, I think they are a legit Super Bowl yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, legit uh, <clears throat> the AFC South the Colts currently at 6-4 and four and the Texans at 6-4 and four. that's going to be a tight finish so yeah. at the moment we've got really the Pats and the Bills would you agree with the Bills? They're seven and three. They're a game upon everyone. Uh, I haven't got the schedules here in front of me. So, and then the Chiefs—you'd probably say the Chiefs would Chiefs sneak will in it. at some point. Chiefs will win their division, I think. Patriots win their division. Ravens win their division. Um, I think the Texans will win their division. Right. So that's four. That's what four. about another four? You go another Colts, two, isn't it? Another two. Yeah. So it'll be the Colts. I don't think the Steelers are good enough, especially when we beat them next week. Yes, no. you heard it here first. <laughs> um, God, I don't know. We say the Bills because really Tex- at the moment it's Texans, Ra- realistically Texans, Raiders, and Bills. I'm going to go for Texans and Bills. Yeah, I go. So you're saying the Colts are going to win the AFC South? No, not necessarily. Well, the Colts and the Texans are both going to get through. I think so. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, Colts, Texans, Ravens. Chiefs, Patriots, and Bills. Yeah, I agree. I'm yeah. on board with okay, that. Okay, very good. Thanks. Um, okay, uh, who's next? Uh, Odat at DZE. Uh, hold on. P- 
Pulse. I don't know. Possibly, I don't know. D-line up their game yesterday. A much better performance. Mixon appears to have got his mojo back. Negatives. Yes, yeah, so that was the positives. Negatives. The QB. Let's not forget, this is a guy ZT singled out after the draft as his choice. The two-game is a small sample, but begs the question, is Zach the QB whisperer we thought? And there's a question too. Why are our D-line going back into coverage so often? Do it is occasional stunts, I get, but it's becoming a trait. I know we are light at linebacker, but there must be surely a player sat on his couch just waiting for a call. Even an average linebacker would cover as well, or better than a defensive tackle. Yeah, I can't just... I mean, Hubbard was back there in... Uh, coverage I saw at one point, at least he's mobile, Lawson as well, but you're sort of negating their best kind of traits, really. I think if you stick them back into... I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I think the Bengals, they're not making any moves between now and the end of the season. They're just filling gaps, aren't they? They're, they're, I think the off-season, they're going to do a big evaluation. <coughs> There's going to have to be some significant improvement yeah. at linebacker. I think, arguably, it could be a more damaging position to us than the line at the moment. Okay. Uh, Martin Caladine at Ugly Game. Three questions to choose from. Number one. Well, we'll try try all of them if they're not too uh, complex, Martin. Um, given this team, how many other of the 31 head coaches would have won zero games? Good question, that. Number two. How many games do you think the following coaches would have won so far with this Bengals team? Belichick, Harbour, Marvin. I think those two questions are kind of tied in, really. Mm. To, I mean, should we do number two, I think? How many games... I mean, it's impossible to tell, but it's going to be fun guessing. I reckon Belichick would guess... Because if Belichick was in charge... With the same injuries, the same personnel... Well, that's it, same, yeah, yeah. I, three wins. You reckon? You reckon that the personnel is that bad? I, I really it's don't. more personnel I, I than really coaching think basically. without AJ Green without Cordy Glenn without Jonah with all of them players I really think yeah I, I think I agree for um, peak I think I think the, the more pertinent question perhaps is uh, which GMs would you have yeah. and how would they do on this team um I mean, they're great coaches. You'd, you'd maybe Harbour and Belichick would probably Harbour them real. I'd say maybe three and four between Harbour and Belichick. Marvin, why don't you have one? Maybe two. Wow. And number three, Dollar Gala. How soon? I I really don't think the Bengals are going to roll out Jake Dollar Gala. I mm. just don't. I think they've seen him in practice. I I. He played okay against the third stringers. He had a few good throws. He's got a good arm, but yeah. I think they're going to want to see him in the preseason again before they throw him out into regular season games. Yes. Um, and finally, Peter Dadswell at Dadders for the pod. Are those the green shoots of recovery I see? The defence finally stood up and made us pay attention. The running game was working. Both running backs seen on the pitch at the same time repeatedly. Pity the passing game is held back by Finley's noodle arm. The season is gone. This is all about next season, evaluating what we have and earning the best draft pick. In that respect, it was a positive result. Yeah, and I listened to Paul and Jay's uh, hear that podcast growling today, and they said, you know, people getting on Finley's back and, you know, ask, you know, scream for Dalton to come back. It's kind of missing the point, really. At least I think that's what they said. That's what I took from it. It's like, well, 
it doesn't really matter anymore. The fact is Ryan Finley didn't play well yesterday and that exactly that is exactly what you needed to find out, whether he could play well in these situations. Yeah. And if he doesn't, then he might be a backup next year. Yeah. If he does, then there's a whole different conversation to be had. Yeah. Um, at the moment, he's not playing well enough to be a starting quarterback, I don't think. I think we can all agree with that. Um, but let's see him as games go by. He might get more comfortable. They might kind of scheme some stuff up to make him feel more comfortable. Mm. Uh, but as you said, there are, again, extenuating circumstances. You know, the tackles aren't playing well at all because they're certainly in John Jerry's case, he's not a tackle, he's fourth string. Mm. You've got injuries with wide receivers and you've got a bunch of receivers out there who, who try really hard uh, but are being asked to do things that they don't normally or are not very good at doing, not their best facets of their game. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. It's Again, it's everyone wants to blame something and have an easy fix, but there is no easy fix to this. It's like you say, we've got to get to the off-season, take stock, and then oh, hopefully yeah. you just, you know, hopefully they can come up with a plan to to resuscitate, get an influx of new talent, and then hopefully we can see what Zach Taylor's made of then. Yeah. That's all we can do, unfortunately. Next season, Joe Burrow, AJ Green, Tyler Boyd, John Ross. Let's have it. All right. Well, that's about it from us. We'll be back next week. Uh, thank you for listening once again, as we've said time and time again, about 10 times this season. That is very difficult when your team loses uh, week after week after week after week. So thank you for listening. I hope we've lightened the load Uh uh, we will have a special guest next week, I promise. Um, so in the meantime, you never know, there might be another tale from Paul's past. Tales from the crypt. Um, but in the meantime, it's a who day from me. And a who day from me. Cheers, guys. And it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation.